Good morning, everyone, and happy Mother's Day to you mothers. Moms. Being a mom is a great honor. It's also a big responsibility. And uh, one of the things I know a long time ago, what the Lord shows me is that um, being a mom, the enemy tries to come in and put more burden on you. The enemy tries to come in and put shame on you for things you could have done, should have done. That's what the enemy does. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. And what I want to say is don't let the enemy steal your joy of your kids. Make the enemy sorry that he came in and said anything bad about you or your kids. When you hear that enemy come in saying, you know, you should have done this. You could have done that. Start speaking over your kids. Take that thought captive and say, my kids know Jesus. My kids walk with the Lord. My kids are wealthy in the Lord. My kids are ministers of the Lord Most High. So I would like moms, please stand up. Heavenly Father, right now, we ask that you would come into these, these lives, these moms, right now through your Holy Spirit, guard their hearts, guard their minds. As the enemy tries to come in, put up a standard against the enemy. Right now, we speak peace on them. We speak wholeness, we speak comfort, and right now we say that because of you, Lord, these moms have your peace, their kids are walking in their peace, and that, Father, because of them, their kids are coming into salvation, they are coming in to know Jesus, they are coming into great prosperity, they are coming into a life worthy of living, Lord Jesus that anything past right now is the past, that that is cut off. And we say right now their future is bright in you, Lord Jesus. And that because of you, Lord Jesus, the peace that passes all understanding is upon them right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. You can be seated. <laughs> So um, just preparing for this morning, um, I asked the Lord, well, is there something that you want me to share? And, and he told me, he reminded me about this family that I had read about. And uh, basically, the, this family, real life, true story family, they lived in a perfect world. Um, you know, we, we are concerned about our quality of our environment, what we're breathing and what we're eating and what we're drinking. And, um, and we worry about the influences around our children, about what they're hearing and watching and their friends. And, 
So this family, they lived in a perfect world. There was none of that perfect air, perfect food, perfect environment. And uh, they did everything right, except for uh, one of the brothers became jealous of the other brother, and he slew him. And so, you know, and that was our first family, Adam and Eve. And so what the Lord just showed me is that um, even in a perfect world, even in a perfect environment, um, our children still make their own choices. And so um, David and I, one of the things that we have walked through is we did have, uh, we had a daughter who, you know, we had given up for adoption. And so one of the things that we had to learn to do was to relinquish all that care, all of that care. We had no control, we had no say. And so we learned um, that, okay, Lord, we're gonna trust you to work a work in her life. And so to the moms and to the dads that um, even though we do our best, you know, it is still the walk between our children and the Lord. So the more we learn to relinquish control of our children and just trust that God is, he, he managed to get you guys here. He's going to manage to get your children here. So um, whatever the enemy is beating you over the head with about shouldn't have said that, shouldn't have done that, should have been better, should have been kinder, should have been more strict. Don't let the enemy beat you up with that. So that walk is between, um, between your children and the Lord. So, and like I said, God brought us here. He can bring our children here. So, and then just this is probably not very spiritual, but yesterday I was looking at a video on how to grow mushrooms. I don't know why I was looking that up, but anyways, I found a video on how to grow mushrooms, and they were, what they were saying is you take this compost, this dirt, and you put it in a bucket, and then you add this um, moist substrate, some kind of, I don't know, some kind of growing material but it's wet and it's clean and you mix these two together so that they're thoroughly mixed and um, they are one. And then um, you take your mushroom spores and you, um, you distribute it through this wet material and every day you um, just mist it. You keep the, you keep the compost and the substrate, um, you keep it moist and every day you tend it by just you know adding a little more mist, a little more water, and within a couple of weeks you're gonna um, have a, a harvest of mushrooms. And so what the Lord was just saying is just for me, He was just saying just keep the word coming, keep the word coming, keep the word coming, because even though we don't see we don't see our fruit right away. We will see the fruit. Just, just keep trusting that um, the Lord is doing a work in you that you can't see. And like David said, speak over your children. So that is that water of the word going into your children, growing up that seed. That's it. <laughs>
Would anybody else like to say anything on our ministry team? Oh, and, and we'll be up here for prayer if anybody wants prayer. So all of the ministry team will be up here if you guys want prayer afterwards. At the end. At the end. At the end. So, what a sweet Holy Spirit this morning. He's very tender this morning, if you notice that. Sometimes people need his tenderness, extra tenderness. And I felt his tenderness for those that feel like they have no hope. He's our hope. Grab on to it, he says. Grab on to it. Grab on to the Lord and hold him with all, with all that is within you. He said, grab on. I am your hope. I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you, says the Lord. But someone needs hope. If you would see Jesus as your hope, you'll never let him go. And this is what he's saying to you today. You who need hope, grab on to me. I'll never let you go. Don't you let me go. So with that said, I just wanted to wish all us mothers, happy Mother's Day. All the virtuous women, the Proverbs 31 women, women um, says that you are who can find a virtuous woman her price is far beyond the price of rubies and it goes on down to say that uh, that beauty is vain or favor is deceitful and beauty is vain but a woman that fears the Lord she shall be praised and we need to fear the Lord women you know not that kind of scaredy cat fear but the fear of, oh, Lord, I don't want to ever hurt you, and I want to do everything that you call me to do. I just want to be obedient, speaking of obedience. Okay. Um, this past week, I'm just minding my own business, and um, all of a sudden, I, I, I heard the word of the Lord come to me and say, obedience is better than sacrifice. Okay. okay. Are you talking to me? And then he says, uh, you that are willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land. And I said, okay, what have I done? You know, or what haven't I done? Uh, <laughs> okay, so, uh, and, and last week I brought three words that the Lord said he's doing in the body of Christ as a whole. You know, he's resetting, he's transforming, and uh, transitioning. That was the word that he said. Well, he said that uh, if, I, if you don't listen to me about resetting, you know, if you just kind of say, oh, no, Lord, uh, I, don't, I don't know about that, you know, resetting your mind, resetting. What he's saying is resetting. I'm resetting you. The things of the past is the past. This is me now, and we're going to go forward. So to be obedient to say, okay, Lord, I'll go forward. He said to transform. Okay, transform by reading his word because his word is alive 
And when his word is a lie, we can live this life through his word. So we got to be transformed. And then he says, and then you can't do, you can't do what's next until you, you, you're obedient. And what was the third word now? <laughs> uh, transitioning. Okay. Sorry, Lord. Transitioning. First, you have to be reset. Then you have to be transformed. And then he can transition you. He said, without the obedience, we delay and we uh, get off track. We delay the promises that he's given us. We delay his purpose for our lives. He says, this is what happens when we're not obedient. So it can be just something simple, you know. Belle, did I tell you to do this? Did I tell you to wait a little longer on that? But you went ahead on me. So now you, de you delayed my purpose for your life. So, okay, Lord. Do you know sometimes when the Lord speaks to you, do you just like put your finger in your ear and say, no, 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 no. That's not for me, that's not for me. <laughs> so the Lord is uh, transitioning. And I didn't know that that was for me right away. I thought, you know, I, I had this word like three weeks ago and... Um, it's for everyone, though. We're, we're going to be trans, you know, we're, we're always growing. Uh, we're growing in the spirit. We're growing in our careers. We're growing in ministry. As long as we're obedient and we stay under his covering, we are growing. And so we're going to transition. We're going to make a transition. And that, that's not only spiritually, um, but that's in stepping out in faith and walking in your ministry walking out your career, say, Lord, okay, I'm, I'm, go I'm going to be obedient. And uh, so this is what he's saying to me. I, you know, he's transitioning me. And um, I'm not really willing to go back to Hawaii right now because I really don't want to. Not yet. I'm comfortable here. So I, this, is, this has been in my, this is what's been going on in me for the past month. And, uh, and, and I, I'm not liking it. So I'm going like, no, 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 no. That's not for me. I, I, I like where I am at. But you know, you can't fight God. You're just going to delay things. Ministry, career, your purpose that he has for your life. And so we just need to be obedient. And he's also saying obedience also means that uh, our accountability, um, the way we speak, what we hear, um, what we think. We know what the word of God says. So it could be unforgiveness. We need to ask the Lord to help us to forgive. No matter what anyone's done to you or what they said to you, they hurt you. He said, this is what he's saying today. I want you to forgive. Because if you don't forgive, now this is a, the scolding, this is a spanking part of God. He said, if you don't forgive, this is his word, I will not forgive you. And I can't make that transition. So what I used to say um, in this other place that I used to go, if people come up to you and speak negative things about anyone in the body of Christ, just say, oh, no, 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 no. 
We don't do that here. That's my sister and that's my brother. We don't do that here. That'll shut them up right away. They'll go someplace else. They may still talk about you, but that'll shut them up. And that will stop the gossip and that will stop the hurting words that come out of people's mouth. You know, you may not agree with everyone. You may not agree with each other, but that doesn't give you the right to speak death to anyone. And when you speak evil of your brothers or sister, you're speaking death. Words are powerful. So that was the scolding part. But uh, God loves us, that's why. And he wants us to go forward. Move forward in him, he said. Move forward in me. And forget about those things behind. Because he says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And he said that his purpose and his plans for us are good, not evil. So God is for us. And no one can be against us. God is with us. God is, God is your hope. God is your love. God is your life. Hang on to him today. Amen. Um, so, um, boy, this transforming is such hard work. God is doing the work, but it's being opposed. That's, that's where the hard part is. Um, but be encouraged. <laughs> um, this week I was lied to. And, uh, so I said, God, you know, that's, uh, that don't sound truth. And God said, no, you have freedom. So that was his personal word to me. So I just want to encourage you, you know, and I want to thank you guys for starting this up, for, for um, following what God put in your heart. Um, it matters to me. I think it matters to a lot of us, but it matters to me big time. Um, coming here is just like when you're starving and you finally get fed and then you got some strength to go on. And um, so, um, yeah, I think that's all I want to say. <laughs> Sure. or whatever you want to share. Okay, so my my uh, youngest son just turned 29 on Tuesday, and he has a terminal lung disease that he's had all his life. Um, he, he would be mortified that I'm telling you, but it's my life, too, and it affects me deeply. Um, he This past week, he was given two years uh, to live. He's been given that time and over again and and the miracle has been that he's 29 years old and God has sustained him and up until this point he's been working and everything but I'm seeing I'm seeing his body fail and that's really hard uh, for me so, so his name's Aiden Aiden you want to come stand over here we're gonna anyone else who wants to come up or if you don't want to get up you can just reach your hand to stretch your hand towards Vani, and we're going to pray. You can come up, Kim, if you want. So let's just get around Vani, and let's just pray for Aiden. We're going to begin to declare life over her son and hope over Vani. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are a good God. We thank you that you don't bring harm. You bring healing, and we just declare that Jesus would get his reward in Aiden's life, 
that he would get the reward of his suffering on the cross on Aiden's behalf. And we just declare life over Aiden. We declare hope. We just declare strength and healing. We just breathe life into his lungs now. Holy Spirit, release life into his lungs. We just cancel the curse in Jesus' name by the blood of the Lamb. We cancel that curse. We cancel that disease, that sickness that was intended to end in death. And we just say, we speak forth his years. All the years ordained for him were written in your book, and not one of them will be cut short. We just declare that now, and we stand firm on your word. We stand firm on your plan for Aiden's life, and we just release hope. We release hope into Vani right now. Hope above all hope, that her heart would be full and overflowing with hope and joy and peace and knowing that you have her baby boy in your hand and that you're ministering your life to him even now. Nothing is too difficult for you, Father. Nothing is too difficult for you, Jesus. All things are possible. All things are possible. In Jesus' name. speak to that DNA to be corrected. We speak to that portion that is, um, that is out of line with the word, and we say for that to be removed. We thank you, Father, for what you are doing in his life. Hallelujah. And Father, we pray, we lift up Vani right now that you, uh, as she goes forward, that she carries this with her, that she carries this peace, she carries your presence, she carries your authority. She carries your authority to, to uh, drive out that which is uh, meant to uh, w- that which is meant to kill. So we thank you, Father, for the authority that you've given Vani. We thank you, Father. We see her crowned. We see her like you do. You have your Jesus glasses on, and and you see Vani like you see Jesus. The word of God says, thanks be to God who always, always, always leads us on in triumphal procession because the victory is Jesus's and he holds the victory in his hands and he always, always leads us on in triumphal procession and everywhere you go, he spreads through you the fragrance of Christ. Thank you, Jesus, that you're in the center of Vani's life. Thank you that you're in the center of Aiden's life. We thank you that there's triumphal hope and a triumphal procession through what you have done. You are the victor. You wear the victor's crown, King Jesus. Our life is hidden in you, and we have the victory with you. We thank you, Lord. If you guys want to pray more for Bonnie, um, we'll make more time if you want more. You're good? Okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to share this testimony uh, because we're praying for healing. Uh, the Lord wanted me to share a couple of times when he miraculously touched me and healed my body. 
a few years ago, I was um, diagnosed with cancer and I was scheduled for surgery to go up in the hospital. And I went to the hospital one day and they had a couple tumors that they needed to remove that day. And when I went in, they did a x-ray. Did I ever share this testimony? And they couldn't find the tumors. Okay. And they brought another machine in because they thought maybe the machine was too old. So they brought a newer machine so they could find the tumors. And then they called another doctor in and they was trying to look for the tumors because I was just in the week before. And then they questioned and said, is this the same patient? Because I couldn't find it. And they said, it was there, it was there. And then they sent me home that day and I didn't have to have the surgery. But they sent me a bill a couple weeks later just for the pre-surgery prep. And I was thanking God for that healing. And that was just a few years ago. And there was another time when uh, my, my ribs was broke. Um, I fell off. I was living in a shelter on the streets in Virginia. And I had a baby girl, and, and I thought I heard the baby crying in the middle of the night. So I reached forward, and I was on the top bunk, and I fell on the ground 5 o'clock in the morning. And I laid there for a couple hours, and I went to the hospital. I, I, I ended up catching a Greyhound bus all the way to Bremerton with two little kids and a messed up rib. And I was helpless, and I couldn't do much for myself. But God, in the middle of my living room, I had to put my hand to my rib, my thing, and he healed me miraculously. And then people ended up coming to check on me to say, well, let me help you move, let me do it. I was completely healed. And it was that day I totally understand when you read in the word, when people started to praise God after their healing and they're running after Jesus, just praising him, or you watch on TV and they're, you know, the Christian channel, people miraculously getting healed and walking out of the wheelchair. I was like that, and I totally understood and never made fun of those people again because he healed me in my body a couple times. So he just wants me to speak to your faith and stand in agreement with you that uh, healing is yours and healing belongs to your son because it is not God's will for you to be in pain. It is not God's will for anyone here to be in chronic pain. It is not God's will for anybody to have sleepless nights. Because we can call on his name and decree and declare our healing. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes and his wounds, we are healed. And we can decree that. So he wanted me to share this with you, to speak to your faith and stand in agreement with you. We don't see it, but we're going to walk in it until it manifests itself. And my life is a walking testimony because they did say I had six months to live. And that was a couple years ago, and I'm walking strong. And every time I feel some kind of pain or manifestation in my body to the point where I can't walk, even this morning, major pain. My knees started to flare up in the middle of the night. And I said, oh my gosh, how am I going to get up and walk and go get to church? How am I going to greet my granddaughter in the morning when they drop her off? And then I had to get my thought together and remind myself that I'm a child of God. I'm a daughter of the king. And this knee, this flare-up is not part of my body. And I had to rebuke that and command my knee, I had to command that pain to go away. 
and I was able to get up out of bed, get ready, walk, get in the car, and get here today. So the Lord said, healing is yours. Victory is yours. And he will touch every part of your body and mind and heal it if you just stand and confess it, decree it, and declare it, and then wait for it to manifest. And in the meantime, just praise him and give him glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on. She's in Guam and she's in, uh, she has bad asthma, wherein she's pain, and uh, she can hardly breathe. She has insomnia where she can't sleep. She has to go, like, go take a ride in the car to make her sleepy, uh, mm. everything like that. And I know that this is the enemy, and this has been a generational curse, okay? So I told her I'd be praying for her all week, that that pain will leave. And she needs like supernatural weight loss too because um, she was on um, these antidepressants and they made her big. And that's caused more harm and she's off of it right now. Though I, you know, praise God for that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I need, her name is Brandy. Okay. So why don't you guys go ahead and just, just stretch your hand. This is just a sign of faith. You're just releasing and agreeing with what God wants to do. And we're just, we're agreeing over Val right now. And one more time, what's her name? Brandy. Brandy. Okay, so Father, we thank you that you love Brandy. We thank you that you are a father to her, that you are taking care of her. God, we thank you that you made provision for her to receive her healing. We thank you that you are her strength. You are her healer. You are the peace. You are the one who brings rest you will restore her body. So, Father, we declare over her today, we just declare life and strength. We just say, let the lungs, let her lungs be freed of asthma. Let asthma just be broken off in Jesus' name. In the name of Yeshua, King Jesus, we just speak a curse against asthma because it was cursed on the cross. And we declare life in Jesus' name into her lungs and we just pray the perfect peace of God would come over her heart and over her mind that she would begin to experience rest that she would find herself sleeping more and more father we thank you that she is in your hand and that you have her life you have her her future you have all of her days ordained and we just declare and agree with your promises all of your promises are faithful and true, and they're yes in Jesus. So we just speak yes and amen over Brandy in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Hmm. Wow. Don't know where to go from here. <clears throat> I should. It's Mother's Day. I should be preaching, not you, right? <laughs> Uh, I'll preach on Father's Day. How's that? <laughs> we'll trade you. That's right. <laughs> hmm. No, I don't know. No, but I think kind of what's <laughs> it's interesting that you guys are praying for you know things that come on moms like oh, I should have done this I should have done that and I've had a battle that like. Ah, 
doesn't matter. And, but I, something that keeps coming back to me, and I don't know if it's for me or for someone else, I don't know, but um, just ministering in rest and how, and I know I've said this before, how sometimes we are in different seasons in life, and in the past it was, there was this expectation from others to, it doesn't matter what you're doing, you need to be doing this. And it's like, I'm not in that season. I have kids. I've got a bunch of little kids, and I'm homeschooling, and I can't do those, and I don't want to do it. And so kind of begrudgingly doing it. And I just want you guys to have freedom that whatever season you're in, know what season you're in first off. Are you in a season of ministering to a certain group of people or whatever? Know what season you're in and just run with it. Have that freedom. And if you feel you need to take a step back for a little bit, that's fine. Do that. Don't, like, step all the way out and, like, (laughs) you know, isolate yourself. But there are going to be different seasons and different times of our lives that um, we're going to be ministering or doing whatever. You'll know what season your family's in. And what are you laughing at? Oh, you're yawning. Am I boring you? (laughs) I'm teasing you. (laughs) I can tease her like that. (laughs) Because she'd say that to me, too. (laughs) No, but... um, yeah, just knowing what season you're in and, and just walking in that and just know there's never that expectation that you have to be like so-and-so. You're free to be who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Because there is nothing worse than be expected to be like the pastor's wife. I have been there, and I hate it. Like, uh-uh. You... And I'm not going to have that expectation of what people think pastors' wives are like either. So I'm out of that box. So, yeah, you're free to be who you are. Minister how you want. <clears throat> so, yeah, you can clap. So I, I pulled this quote. You know, every uh, Saturday I try to put a post out there for face, the Le- Legacy City Church Facebook page. And it kind of caught me up in this thing where I was a little struggly with it because it's Mother's Day, and I thought, well, it should be something in honor of mothers that I just put out there, even if we don't necessarily preach or teach on, you know, motherhood, which Tammy would be the one that would have to do that because I don't know anything about being a mom except for what I've seen her do and our own moms. But um, So I found this quote. There's a really good book by Chris Vallotton uh, called Fashion to Rain, and it's about women. And he often will give the book away and he'll say, is there any woman in the room who's being oppressed by her husband? This book's for you. Give it to your husband to read. <laughs> so it's actually a really good book. But one of the quotes that I, that I just pulled the little the slide up um, for Facebook, it says, a strong woman. Okay, some of us get a little freaked out by that, just that right there, strong woman. Women aren't supposed to be strong. They're supposed to be quiet and submitted, I thought, you know, especially in the church. I don't believe that. I don't believe that women have to be quiet and have to be weak and have to be hidden away and never brought out in front of the church to display the gifts of God. Obviously, you guys know that's not how we flow here. We, we honor. We're all men and women, children, boys and girls. We are all in Christ, and we are all, you know, the, the playing field is just leveled in Jesus. But Chris said... A strong woman, 
This is what a strong woman is, and I like this definition that he had, is someone who was walking in her God-given identity. Number one, you got to know who you are, and rest that Tammy's coming, at, coming from, the, to- the rest that she's talking about, comes from that place of who you are. You don't have to strive to be somebody else or to do certain things to be someone else's gifting, someone who's very strong in the prophetic. You don't have to try to copy them. You don't have to do the stuff that other people do. There's only one person we should imitate, and that's Jesus. That's Jesus. So a a strong woman is someone who is walking in her God-given identity, unaffected by the world's image of the feminine role. Okay, so number one, we don't let the world tell us what the feminine role looks like or the religious pressure to conform to some reduced version of herself. Religion would try to reduce you. Just be who you are in all of your quirks, all of your character things, whether they, you know, just whatever. Uh, Yeah, just be yourself. Each one of us is a divinely painted picture. You're You're a piece of art that God created You have your own style, your own things, your own quirks, and God just wants to flow through you. And he wants you to be secure in who you are in him, not in what you do for him. Nope, you're done? For now. For now? Okay. We are, speaking of identity, let's just take a quick look. We're not going to get very far today, which is usual, typical, in this place. Y'all prayed too long. Now I can't (laughs) preach. (laughs) I was looking at my watch. See the watch that I wear? I was looking at my watch thinking I'm never going to get this sermon done. No, just kidding. Um, That's definitely not the truth. Go ahead and put this uh, prophetic words for 2018. Yeah, we can sit. Everyone keeps telling us you guys put the chairs up there and you used to sit on them all the time. We want to be cozy like you guys. Except for our our chairs have cushions and yours don't. Sorry. If you need to stand up and stretch, it's okay. So I felt that it would be kind of good just to go over these prophetic words and not spend a lot of time on them, but just highlight a couple things and maybe speak a little bit about identity since it's kind of the theme. Um, So yeah, in fact, the words that I got this morning in my preparation time was identity, renewing the mind, and hope. And Val kind of touched on a couple of those things about renewing the mind, um, holding on to the word, being obedient to the word. You know, I heard a quote years ago, truth obeyed leads to more truth. Sometimes God will stop giving you revelation until you take the revelation he's already given you and begin to walk in it or act upon it. So truth obeyed leads to more truth. You know, And it's not like obedience like, you know, he's heavy-handed and a, a taskmaster. You know, he's, he's good. He, he is gentle. And there, was that, there is still that spirit of gentleness in the room today. And in worship, I was definitely just feeling a, a, his presence surrounding us and just coming alongside, just encouraging and uh, just touching us. Yeah, he wants us to know that you know that you know that he's with you that he is, not only is he in you, but he's all around you, and he's, he's walking with you through your circumstances, 
that you're not alone, you're not an orphan, he's not abandoning you, you've not been abandoned. He's a good father. So, in fact, that's kind of been my week this week. I haven't felt like God gave me any particular new themes or revelations, just this, this thing of abiding in him, just abiding in his presence, just enjoying his, his presence resting on me. Sometimes I felt him in a very powerful, strong way. I even sent Tammy a picture of my my forearm because it was hot outside and I just was like electricity it felt like I was getting like air conditioning from the Holy Spirit was just blowing through my body and I was like so I sent her a picture and of my of my uh, chicken skin is that what you call it Val (laughs) my chicken skin it's just like man it just was like electricity it was awesome you don't have to have those kind of encounters with God, but I, I believe that he has an encounter for you. It may not look like that, but you may feel his presence in an overwhelming way. But let's just look at some, some prophetic words. So acceleration, I'm just going to read down the list. Acceleration, this is a year of acceleration. He wants to turn up the speed on things of the kingdom being released and accomplished in our lives extreme victories he wants to give us victories because jesus is the victor he has won the victory for us and he wants us to press into his victory and walk in his victory until it becomes ours too I had a picture while you guys were sharing of the eye you know there's that scripture that talks about the the eye the lamp of your body or the eye of your body see i had the verse all pulled up on a slide and then i decided not to use it Um, Matthew 6, I believe, Jesus is talking about the lamp of your body. When your eye is single, your body will be full of light. So your lamp, the lamp of your body is kind of like your spirit, the spirit person within you, the life that's really inside of this tent of flesh. So when your eye is single, in other words, when your mind is single, when your eye is fixed on truth, your body will be full of light. But when your mind is double, there's darkness. So there's this, there's this pulling, there's this tension of the things of the earth trying to get our attention and our focus, and then the things that God wants us to lock our eyes on. And as we learn how to shift our focus back to him, back to his, back to his perspective, we get changed, we get transformed. So extreme victories. When we set our eyes on Jesus and his victory, his victory becomes our victory. We actually are seated with him in heavenly places, the Bible says. Bear rugs, lion skins, and giant's heads. I think God is probably just tired of the devil getting the upper hand on his his body, on his church. He's tired of, of watching his children being tossed back and forth, not really knowing who they are, and being tripped up in lies. And the lies come from the lions, the bears, and giants, you know, whatever you want. They're just demonic spirits. They're just those peeps, like the picture that I had before, the little peeps tying the kid down. This is going to be a year where we're going to make rugs out of the bears. Lion skins are going to be on the floor. In giants' heads, we're going to take down some giants. It's a year of light 
and new beginnings. It's time to run. And here's a, a strong key, intimacy with him. I, I feel like, and I believe that God is calling us as a, as a family, as a church, in, into a deeper place of intimacy with Jesus. We're getting ready to go into a, a time where we're going to focus on the prophetic. We have a prophetic curriculum that we purchased. We're going to be taking some evenings coming up, and we'll make sure everyone's all on the same page with that, and we're all able to, you know, those of us who, who have committed to being a part of that. And if you're just hearing about it, just ask us about it afterwards, and we'll, we'll get you all um, in tune. But it's, it's about an eight-week or eight gatherings long, so I would say one gathering per week. We may skip a week here and there. Um, eight weeks of, of teaching and activation in the prophetic. But one of the things I feel like God has been ramping me up in is this thing of intimacy with him and knowing his mind, knowing his heart. You know, last week we talked about the mind of Christ. The scripture says that we have the mind of Christ because we have the Holy Spirit living in us and the Spirit searches the deep things of God. The Spirit of God knows the mind of God. And the Old Testament says, who has known the mind of the Lord? Who could be his counselor? You know, who knows the mind of the Lord? And, well, I have the verses up. But anyway, um, I'm kind of jumping all over the place here. Let me just kind of pull back. We have the mind of the Lord. We have the mind of Christ. And it's in that place of intimacy that we begin to hear more clearly what he's speaking to us. So he wants to take us into a deeper place of intimacy and warring with him, teaching us how to pray boldly. Forgiveness was mentioned today. Thank you guys for mentioning that. That was you guys, right? No, that was, that was Val. What did you share up here? No, I'm, just, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <clears throat> Forgiveness. Change of language. I know that's one of the things that you guys are very, have a very sharp edge on is how we talk. And last but not least, identity. You know, it's so important that we just get it in us. And we're, we're not going to go much longer because it's Mother's Day. It's a beautiful day outside. I can feel the heat already coming in the room. And uh, there's lots of celebration, I'm sure, to go around here. Um, but we're going to just kind of land on one part of Scripture and, and just kind of stop with that. Um, and it's about identity. We'll probably go over this frequently as God leads us to weave in and out of the theme of who we are in Christ. I think the time, the day is over when God is okay with Christians saying stuff like, I'm not perfect, just forgiven. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Yes, granted, the Apostle Paul did say that he was, you know, that Christ died for sinners of whom I am the chief, or I'm the chief sinners. But that was not his doctrine. That is not the identity that Jesus gave the church, that you're the chief of sinners. I even heard it spoken that the longer Paul walked with him, the more he recognized how awful and sinful he was. So he said that towards the end of his ministry, that he was the chief of sinners. I believe if you think and believe that you're just a sinner, you're going to sin by faith. Like you're going to walk in what you believe you are. If you 
take the things that God says about you and speak it over your own life, as Dave and Sharon were saying, speaking it over your children, speaking it over your own life. I am a saint. I am holy and dearly loved. I may not look holy when I walk this, my day-to-day walk, but God says I've been made holy. He declares me holy through the blood of Jesus. So you are holy. If you're a Christian, and everyone in this room, I believe, has received Jesus, you receive what he did for you on the cross, you are holy. You're a saint. You don't reach sainthood when you do certain amounts of good works. You're a saint. Let's just take a look at Galatians 3, the end of chapter 3 and the first part of chapter 4, and we're just going to wind it up with this. Let's just feed on some scripture. Does that sound good to you guys? Let's eat, chew on a little bit of the word of God. All right. So, and this is from the Passion Translation. So if you guys don't like the Passion Translation, it's more passionate. But if you don't like it, you got to tell me because I, I like to use it a lot. And if you're just feeling like you're not receiving, then maybe we can just go back to the English Standard Version or the NIV, if you're NIV positive. So Galatians chapter 3. Do you want to interrupt with anything before we get going? Yep. Okay. Galatians 3, 26 through 29. You have all become true children of God by the faith of Jesus, the anointed one. Stop. Okay, when I read that, I was like, what does he mean by the faith of Jesus, the anointed one? Now, if you use the online uh, Bible gateway, it'll have a little thing you can click on by at the end of that part of that verse to give you a footnote. And so I thought this was kind of cool. The faith of Jesus literally is what that scripture says. You have all become true children of God by the faith of Jesus. Does Jesus have faith? I guess so. If he's the one, he's the object of our faith and he gives us the gift of faith, he must have faith if he gives it away. I don't know why we think that, that God believing something or thinking something seems a little bit strange to us, like he doesn't have faith, he doesn't believe. Of course he believes. Anyway, I don't know, I just, this kind of stuff messes with my brain a little bit. (laughs) So the footnote said that it literally, the translation literally says the faith of Jesus. What he believes about you that makes you his very own. We sang it today in that song, Abba. You guys remember that song we did? Abba, I belong to you. Your thoughts define me. Your thoughts define me. I don't care what you think or what I think about myself. I care what he thinks about me. And I want his thoughts to to define me. I want what he thinks about me to be true in my experience. I don't want to believe lies any longer about myself, about others, or about him or about my circumstances. I want to know his thoughts. And we can know his thoughts. We can know his thoughts towards you when you spend time in the word and you spend time listening to what he's speaking to you face to face, spirit to spirit, heart to heart. He wants intimacy with us. He wants to take the word of God as you unfold it and have your quiet time. The author of the book wants to come alongside you and highlight verses 
to you and let it go deep into your heart. And he wants you to hear his voice speaking it from his own voice, the voice that he guides you with, the voice that he leads you with. Jesus said, my sheep will know my voice. They won't follow a stranger. God intends for us to hear his voice. And yes, it comes from the written word, but it also comes from the rhema word. The prof- we, we could call it the prophetic word. He wants to speak to us. He wants to remind you of truth. How do you think it happens when you're going through your day and a scripture comes to mind? Is it just because you have such an awesome memory? Because your brain is so sharp and strong that, wow, it just is like a computer. All of a sudden, that scripture popped into my head. Or was it the Holy Spirit speaking to you, reminding you of the truth that you've stored away inside of you? I would lean towards him a little bit more on that one. So his thoughts define me. His thoughts define you. It's important that we know what he thinks. I had a quote from Graham Cook. It says, there's only one way to think about every situation, and that is to think the way he thinks about it. Anything we face every day, every situation, We need to find out, what do you think about this, God? Ask him. Ask him. Tammy mentioned that a couple weeks ago. Ask him what he thinks about you. Listen. Just quiet down. Spirit to spirit. Sometimes you got to get away from all the noise and the stuff going on and the frequencies around us. There's a lot of activity going on. But God speaks from Holy Spirit into your spirit. And then he releases that and it comes into your mind. Yeah, so what is the thought Jesus is having about your current situation? So we have all become true children of God by the faith of Jesus, the anointed one. It was faith that immersed you into Jesus, the anointed one, and now you are covered and clothed with his anointing. We no longer see each other in our former state, Jew or non-Jew, rich or poor, male or female, because we are all one through our union with Jesus Christ, with no distinction between us. The plane field is level. And since you've been united to Jesus, the Messiah, you are now Abraham's child, and you inherit all the promises of the kingdom realm. All of the promises of God are yours in Christ. Let's go on to the next slide. So Galatians 4, then. It, you guys probably know this, but when this was written, it didn't have chapters and verses. It was just a letter written to the church in Galatia. But we broke it up into chapters just so we can find our place quicker. So the next part, the next thought in that passage. In a similar way, God has promised our ancestors something better. But as long as an heir is a minor, underage, an infant, he's not really much different than a servant, although he's the master over all of them. It's an interesting thought. We talked about this before. You have an inheritance that you've yet to tap into. We inherit the kingdom realm because of Jesus, because what he's brought us into. And as we grow up in him, 
we become more and more aware of what is ours because of him. And he wants us to know. He wants us to know who we are. He wants, to know, he wants us to know what we have access to, healing, provision, Holy Spirit power, faithfulness of God in your circumstances. For until the time appointed by the father when he comes of age, the child is under the domestic supervision of the guardians of the estate. So it is with us. When we were juveniles, we were enslaved under the hostile spirits of the world. But when the era came to an end and the time of fulfillment had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the written law. Yet all this was so that he would redeem and set free all of those who held, all those held hostage to the written law so that we would receive our freedom and a full legal adoption as his children. Sounds like a court document that I'm reading. So that we would receive our freedom and a full legal adoption as his children. And so that we would know for sure that we are his true children, God released the spirit of sonship into our hearts, moving us to cry out intimately, my father, you're my true father. You're our true father. Now we're no longer living like slaves under the law, but we enjoy being God's very own sons and daughters. And because we are his, we can access everything our father has. For we are heirs of God through Jesus the Messiah. So you go ahead and go to blank that out, Isabel. I don't know how you guys feel when you're living your day today, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, when you're out there doing stuff. Do you, do you feel like you're an adopted son or daughter of God? You do? Good. Well, then I guess we can go home. <laughs> we did our job. Honestly, I think that it goes back to that single focus and the double-minded thing. There's things that go on around us that pull our thoughts away from who we are. The enemy lies to us. He tries to trick you. He tries to trick me. He tries to get me to think that, not that I'm not God's child, because I'm pretty convinced that I'm a son, that I've been adopted. I'm pretty convinced of that now but I don't always feel like I have access to everything that I need access to. And the enemy wants to lie and say, well, what God has and what you need is way up there and you're way over here right now. And so you gotta do something to get there and it's gonna take a while. I'm just giving you an example from my own experience. There may be times like that where the mind is split into two places. I know the truth, but I'm over here. And then there's those times where, kind of like at the eye doctor, what looks better, this way or this way? Let me know when the two merge together. Y'all remember that at the eye doctor? Okay, for some reason, I'm able to pull those things together fast because I've got a real strong ocular, whatever he told me. But uh, actually, they don't land on top of each other. They become one. So, which is kind of cool that I can feel the strain in my vision. But God wants us. He wants to teach us. He wants to mature each one of us as his sons and daughters. He wants to grow us up 
and this is what we're going to end with, he wants to grow us up into that place where our, our vision and our, our sight is single, where it's fixed. He wants to mature us. He wants us to know who we are so that when the, the stuff, I was going to say the crud in a different way, when the stuff hits the fan, you're going to know who you are and you're not going to freak out and panic because you know you're a child of God and he's a good father and he has your best interest in his mind. Why don't we stand up? It's a good-looking group here. <laughs> You're the shining ones. Tammy wanted me to mention that we wanted to honor the moms today. And even if, I don't know if you're, if you're a mom or not, Kim, but even though, okay, so, no? Okay, so even though you're not, we want you to participate in this too. Um, we, we did just have some roses and we'd like each mom to take a rose before you leave today. We didn't want to hand them out when you walked in because we didn't want them to, you know, dry up or whatever, start to fall apart in the warmth. Um, was there something going on with that over there too? Oh, we just thought it was okay to go. Any moms who would like to grab a little bouquet on your way out, go ahead and... Did you guys catch that? So there's some... So... You know, God loves flowers. He created them. He made them smell good. And moms are pretty like flowers, and they smell good too. I mean, what boy doesn't want his mama? Right, Oscar? <laughs> Sometimes you want him so, mama so bad that you'll get up in the middle of the night and still snuggle up with her. That's right, and it's okay. That's okay. Some people let their teenagers come snuggle in their bed still. Right? Okay. That's right. So God made flowers, and he sees you moms as beautiful works of art, flowers. You know, his banner over you is love. He has such great love over you moms, over you women, over you daughters. Yeah. That's why us dads, us men, feel this fierce protection come over us when anyone dares to harm anyone. Don't you dare speak bad about my mama. Don't do it. You don't want to find out what happens. Right, Landon? Don't talk about your mama. That's right. And we all know mamas always believe the best about their kids. Yeah. So we have a flower for you. Let's just spend some time. If you want prayer, um, just come up here. We'll hang out for a while. But we just thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your sweet presence here today. Thank you for that tender presence. God, I pray that you would just release your presence over every person here. That we would, each one of us, would begin to encounter you more and more. 
God, that you would show us Show us the tools, show us the things that you've given us to help us because Lord knows we need help. And uh, you're our helper, Holy Spirit. So lead us into that, Lord. Lead us into your presence. Lead us into fellowship with you. Lead us into times of, of intimacy with your word and with your voice, with your presence. As we worship you, as we feast on the truth, as we fellowship with other Christians, God, we just, we just pray that you would teach us to learn how to encounter your presence in every situation more and more. And we want to hear your voice. We say just open our ears that we would hear the voice of the Spirit. We want to know you more. We want to be intimate with you, God. So we just thank you, Lord. We pray your blessing over everyone here in Jesus' name. Amen.